CZ Media Podcast is brought to you by Rancho Bravo Tacos. They make it really easy to get great tasting Mexican food. You can stop by any one of their three convenient locations, Capitol Hill, U District, Wallingford, or you can order through Uber Eats, Caviar, or Chow Now. You can also text RBT to the number 474747 and you'll get deals on tacos, burritos, and more. All of the information is in the show notes. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the CZ Media Podcast. Before we start, I want to remind everyone to subscribe to the show. There's links in the show notes. Listen to me on the website, iTunes or Stitcher. Oh, and soon to be iHeartRadio. Nice. Soon to be. I haven't gotten the confirmation, but I'm uh, I'm going to be posting on there as well. So make sure you follow us uh, also on social media, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. If you have any ideas, questions, suggestions, thoughts, opinions, email them or post them. CZ Media Podcast at gmail.com. All that good stuff. Um, and also, I made a new design for the merch. Did you see it? No. I didn't. Oh, you don't follow the show, do you? I don't see a. Po- I need to see a post. I posted it days ago. Oh, really? Well, I mean, I was a little MIA a few days ago. You've been MIA for about two months. <laughs> do you know the uh, the gro- the plastic grocery bags? Yeah. How it says thank you, basically thank you five times, but there's it's only bold once, and the other ones are transparent. Oh, okay. No, you know actually, what I'm talking about. No, but. I, I can visualize it. So it's uh, it's just the outline of thank you, thank you, and then and the third one is filled in, thank you, and then three more thank yous with just the outline. Okay. And then it's like thank you for shopping with us. Yeah. Well, it's turned into a, it's turned into a, a a fashion statement. So now you see a bunch of that everywhere, for different brands. Okay. So I made one for the show. Oh, nice. It's cool. I should show it to you. Yeah, show it to me. Does it have anything to do with your tagline? No. No, it does not. But I think it looks cool. And I am going to... I'm going to make it an option. Yeah, that's nice. I'm going to make it an option for for some merch. Okay, I did see this, actually. I didn't realize it was for a shirt. I need to see that on a a superimposed... Well, no. Did you click like? (laughs) <laughs> because the caption of this post was new merch idea. Click like if I should add it to the Teespring line. Oh, gotcha. You're asking a question. Yeah. I thought this was already a, a shirt I could order. You Well, it's going to be. Okay. Or you know what? Maybe by the time this airs, it will be. Okay. No, actually, yes. By the time this year airs, this will be an option. So, yes. Go to Teespring. And buy one. They're only twenty four dollars. Is it going to be a white shirt? Because that's what I was kind of waiting on. You know what? I have white shirts. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Actually, I have a bunch of different colors. I have white, red, a gray. Wow. Perfect. <laughs> wow. Wow. How's it going, Travis? Good. How are you doing? <laughs> the audience is glad to have you back. I'm glad to be back. Got lots of uh, responses from the shows you've been on. Really? What yeah. what has what has been some of the comments? Like, well, first of all, they said that we need to have real scientists <laughs> or real archaeologists on 
to educate us. Real people? Yeah, real learned. <laughs> real learned people. You know, you know what's so funny? Well, let's get Graham Hancock on here. Yeah, that would that be awesome? I talked to him like five years ago once on Facebook. So. Did you? Yeah. Did he teach you anything? I mean, I kind of told him like a little bit of a like a thought that I had about like a social phenomenon at the time. Which was? There was a uh, this the decl- thing the, that was the going- destruction of uh, society by social media. No, he's that's a lot heavier, or like the stuff that he talks <laughs> about with ayahuasca and things like that. Right. Ooh, yeah. But the, uh, but the thing I talked to him about because he he's like uh, has a lot of opinions on consciousness and social consciousness and like what we do as nations and how involved government should get and all that stuff. Yeah, which is pretty much none. <laughs> well, and so basically, like what. What I asked him was, do you remember uh, when there was that that meme kind of that that uh, that discussion that took place around the color of a dress, whether it was white and gold or blue and right black? Yeah. And then like some people would be like, oh, it started out as white and gold, and then it turned to blue and black, and then I couldn't like see it back the other way, or some people could see it one way and then see it another way, right. and then see it back the other way, or some people only saw one color one color combination. Yeah. And so I kind of asked him about like you know, would this, is this kind of an example to maybe open up some people's eyes and that maybe what they perceive isn't always true and that maybe they should kind of go through life with a little bit more, um, wonder and like wonder, you know, not acting like they've got everything figured out, you know, that kind of thing. Even the fact that that has to be said out loud, loud shows that people, there's a lot of dumb people out there. Yeah. The amount of the men, the amount of times where I've told well, I shoot a lot of models, mm-hmm. but I don't shoot them. I photograph them. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. And the amount of times that I've said, because they try to, they tell me about the people that they follow, which are like celebrities, and they're like, oh, look at this. This is so natural. I was like, no, <laughs> there is nothing natural about this at all. If you follow any of the Kardashians, if you follow any of these people who have built their whole brand on how they look, they're not doing anything natural. It's all fake. It's all this picture is they took this picture, but behind the photographer was a team of stylists, makeup artists, wardrobe people. I was like, this is not real at all. I was like, you should going back to what you said, question what you see because no, these people did not just wake up and look that way as they're advertising the coffee or the tea yeah, that they want people to buy. So the, yeah, like I'll tell you this other story. Uh, when I was a kid, not even, I don't know. Was I a kid? I was 20, maybe 21. I worked at an off track bedding parlor just outside of Chicago. And I was, maintaining their bedding equipment so i i was i had sort of a techie job and the valet the valet guy on the weekends for this particular off-track bedding parlor he was a law student he was basically working his way through college but really smart guy he's going to be a lawyer came from a good family his sister ran political campaigns out east and do you remember andrew kunanen no so Andrew Cunanan, eh, he's not a serial killer, but he was a mass murderer. Like he killed, he went on a murdering spree. 
Okay. In like, I don't know, 96 or 97. He, it started in Minnesota, killed a few people in Minnesota, went down to Chicago, killed a billionaire in Chicago, and then killed a cemetery worker, stole his truck, and then he ended up driving all the way down to Miami, and then a week or two later killed Versace. That seems like a kind of a weird turn of events right there. He yeah. goes from billionaire to cemetery? Well, he was a... Well, he killed the cemetery dude because he stole his truck. Okay, so there was like a rhyme and reason to it. Yeah, so uh, this guy was infatuated with celebrity, infatuated with Versace, and angry that he wasn't rich nor famous or, or talented. And he ended up, there was this huge manhunt for him. The cops ended up finding him, and he had uh, broke into a houseboat, and he ended up killing himself, dying. He killed himself. So... Within the next, within that was big in Chicago. That news story was big in Chicago because he had killed the 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 billionaire, the really rich guy. But they included in these stories that one of the reasons he did all of this was because he was gay and had HIV. Well, I, I'm sorry, it was known he was gay, but that he had AIDS, and that he wanted to go out in this last hurrah, like of this uh, crime wave. And uh, I remember the news saying that on a few, you know, a few news reports said that. So uh, the following week I go into work and um, Larry was, I think his name was Larry or Alan. No, Alan. His name was Alan. Alan was there. And then I, we were talking about that a little bit. I'm like, oh, I guess he did that because he had AIDS. And Alan said, how do you know he had AIDS? I was like, well, they said it on the news. And then he said, did they have his doctor on? Did they show a AIDS test? Did they give you any proof? And I said, no, I don't think so. They just said he had AIDS and that's why he did all this. And he goes, then you're just, then he's like, you need to, people need to be able to prove what they say. And then, then he went on to tell me about how you shouldn't believe anything at face value and that you should question everything. And it was like so funny because that one little conversation early on just it it didn't make me an overall skeptic about absolutely everything. But I also don't take everything at face value from the get-go because everyone has an agenda. Right. Everyone has something that they're trying to sell you and it's uh it's your own responsibility to to uh, figure all that stuff out. Yeah, absolutely, man. I so what did he, agree. when you, when you, uh, when you were talking about that, what was his response to you? Uh, his response was basically, you know, uh, he took it, <clears throat> uh, from his, from his opinion, he thought that that was actually like really well-reasoned thought. Yeah. And he, you know, he said he had to hand it to me basically Ooh. on thinking in that, in that way. Cause he said that originally he had just viewed it as like this trivial mass, uh, distraction, <laughs> like right. just to kind of keep people distracted from uh, exploring their consciousness through doing like psychedelics and things yeah. like that. Because he he really actually promotes, <clears throat> you know, finding yourself, uh, your consciousness either through like meditation or psychedelics. I yeah. mean, you don't have to do psychedelics to be able to do that. You can you can use meditation techniques, and so. But he's encompasses all of that stuff, and he's always been like willing to speak openly about that. And so he's like the type of person where I know if I send a message 
asking him about what I, my interpretation of like that phenomenon and what happened and how people responded to it. I, uh, I knew I'd kind of get like, at least like a open-minded response. <clears throat> so yeah, it was interesting to see what he said. I mean, he's actually like blown up since then because he's been on that Rogan podcast, the Joe Rogan podcast. That's a how times. I learned about him. Yeah. That's how I learned about him. And it's, uh, he made me laugh because he was talking to Joe and he said that he would only like, he doesn't like, yeah, he overall is not a big fan of politics. He said, but he said that he would get behind a politician who documented his use of ayahuasca. <laughs> yeah. Cause he, I mean, he's had like positive uh, experiences uh, going on these spiritual journeys into the Amazon and uh, taking the brew ayahuasca but there's also been i want to try it have you have you heard about those like there's been some people that have actually um passed away or they've they've gone through people that claim that they you know can show you the way of ayahuasca but they end up like robbing you or something you just like down in south america it it sounds like there's some pretenders and there's also some like legit ones that you can go down there's nothing worse than getting bamboozled by your shaman (laughs) well the other the other aspect of it is like ayahuasca uh from what i understand just from like watching the documentaries and stuff it like completely overtakes you and takes you on like a journey like you don't really have any control over what happens i want to try it so it's like you're dealing with like you're dealing it's almost like you're like willing willingly going to like a dream state or something like that can you get some (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) i mean i can get you a plane ticket down to uh brazil is it Brazil or? It's somewhere in the Amazon. <laughs> or, yeah, where is it? So uh, you don't know anybody of here who can get it? No, you, you have to go down into, like, the Amazon and deal with, like, a shaman. And then they got to mix, like, two plants that are, you know, there's thousands and thousands of plants, but there's these two plants that basically, what it does is, like, uh, DMT, uh, there's a there's a enzyme that blocks its absorption in the gut. It's like an MAOI inhibitor. And uh, ayahuasca, what it is, is these two plants. And one of the plants actually uh, lifts that veil so that you can actually ingest it and still get, like, the DMT. So just a recap, like, with DMT, like, that's actually something that is secreted in our own brains through the pineal gland. Yeah. And it's like there's still a lot of discussion and study that's being happened with that. But, you know, that could very easily kind of help help us with our dream state. But that's also in mushrooms, is that what you said? Uh, that's a different. No, mush- oh, no, mushrooms are the pseudocytins. Mu- yeah, uh, psilocybin. Psilocybin. <laughs> yeah, mushroom is like a fungus. It's like a completely different branch, uh, different chemical, all that stuff. DMT is dimethyltryptamine. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's naturally secreted in your brain. But there's people that will actually smoke DMT. Right. Which is like, what happened, you get like 15 minutes, I guess, of just like this otherworldly rocket ship of an experience um, from what people tell me. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing is like ayahuasca is different in that if if you consume this brew, depending on how much you take, uh, you go on like a full day journey. Mm-hmm. And some people have done this with going into it with like some baggage in their life. Like if you have a lot of stress, you don't really know who you are as a person. Yeah it would not be a very good idea to go on something like that because you'll kill yourself. It, it, what it does is it like, from what I understand, it's like, it removes your ego 
a little bit and it makes you just face what you are and what you've done and how like true you are. Hmm. And so like then there's you'll kill people, yourself. There's people well, there's people that have had like heart attacks on it because it just made their heart such rate. horrible people. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> maybe they should just make people do that when they think about the death penalty. Yeah. And then they'll just be like, oh, you know what? Well, let's talk about something that we can actually okay, get. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Back to these mushrooms. No, we can't. You have to go out in the woods and find the right ones, man. Uh, there's a Joe no, Rogan. But then you can die if you pick the wrong ones. Well, that's why you got to you gotta find an expert, man. <laughs> you Hook me up with your guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a guy. <laughs> wow, you're getting so red. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just laughing because, like... Uh, you have a guy. No. Well, I I mean, I'll just say this. Like, there's a lot of people that go through my gym where I play basketball, and I've met a lot of people that know a lot of different things, and I've had conversations with them, so... That they can get... Well, there you go. Hook it up. Yeah, well, why don't you just start coming playing basketball? Ugh. That's what we should do. No, that's a good segue. <laughs> I'm depressed. If I were to take the DMT right now, I'd probably kill myself <laughs> based off what you just said. I don't want to face myself. What? Come I had on. A, I had a little moment this morning where I weighed myself. Okay. Oi. Yeah. Was this after breakfast? No. It was before. And actually, it would have been worse because I weighed myself after a little 30-minute workout, so I had sweated a ton. I probably sweated two pounds. So I'm actually <laughs> two pounds worse than what this number was. It was so depressing. Okay. Are you actually going to say the number? We don't have to do that, though. Oh, 308. 308. Okay. And what was your? What do you want to get to again? 230. Okay, so 70 so pounds. My number is 308. In comparison, I'm 5'11", 308. Shaq is 7'1", and weighs 330. Yeah, he's a monster. Yeah, but he's only 22 pounds heavier than me. And 14 inches taller than me. Okay. But you're comparing yourself to a world-class athlete. <laughs> no, I'm complaining. I'm comparing yeah. myself that my mass yeah, is your body mass. almost as equal to his. And he's a world-class athlete that is over a foot taller than me. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, I mean, you've already like decided that's not going to work for you. So I need like, to try something. Yeah. So which we, is actually if uh, Trish was listening, if what Trish is, when, when Trish listens to this, she's going to roll her eyes because I can go like, she's been saying, Hey, come over, come over, come to the gym, come to the gym. I just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like you can have as many gyms within your vicinity, but if you just don't have that motivation to actually go, yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, no. So what I did is a few weeks ago, I... No, I'm sorry, not a few weeks ago. Last week, I went and was perusing through Craigslist, and someone was selling a used spinning bike. Like they did like the kinds of bikes that they have at every gym for their spinning classes. Right. So good quality, heavy, brand new. These things cost fifteen hundred, eighteen hundred bucks. And I got it for two hundred bucks. So I bought it. And that that so now we have a an piece of exercise equipment in the house. Yeah. Now you really don't have to ever leave. Now I really don't have to ever leave. <laughs> and on top of that, I have zero 
excuses. Well, if you can find motivation on that thing, you know, like that's that's half the battle. I mean, there's there's a lot of ways that you can actually improve just with that. I mean, just by maybe incorporating some. Have you ever heard of high intensity interval training? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that's a great way to uh, increase your like resting metabolism and then that's how strength. I normally do. That's how I normally do stuff. But it every at right now of how out of shape I am, everything is high intensity. Okay. My heart rate can, I can get my heart rate to a hundred and sixty bits per minute by walking up the stairs at. A tad bit more than a brisk pace. So you need to you need to start like a little slower than the high intensity interval. Yeah. yeah. So the very first time I got on the bike, I <laughs> this is I don't know if this is a good or bad thing. I needed something to sort of shock my system, so I wore my sweatsuit. Are you familiar with what a sweatsuit is? Uh, I have an idea. <clears throat> it's yeah. basically a scuba suit. Okay. So fully insulating. So I wore. My I wear compression pants and a compression shirt and then put the sweat pant the sweatsuit over it and then I wore a sweatshirt. And then what you do? Go into a sauna? No, then I got on I've done that before. <laughs> no, but then I got on the bike. Okay. And then I work I, I was on the bike for thirty minutes. Nice. And oh after about minute thirteen, I really thought about quitting and saying, you know what, this is good for day one. <laughs> <laughs> So a minute, that's where we're starting. Hey, you got to start somewhere. No, at minute 13. A minute 13. Minute 13. Yeah. I don't want to steal those 13 hey, seconds. <laughs> those were those were hard earned. Hard earned, yeah. 13 minutes. Uh, but I said to myself, no, I can't quit yeah. after 13 minutes. I have to be able to do 30 minutes easy. 30 minutes. Oh, okay, gotcha, yeah. Like when I was semi in shape, I could do literally all day on the bike, like on a real bike outside, like a whole... The longest ride I ever did was like six or seven hours. I did a, a ride called the, the, where's Polsbo? Oh, that's, I think that's got to be by like Puyallup what, or something like that. No, Polsbo is. You oh, maybe that's on the, uh, maybe that's on the peninsula. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was called the Kit, is it Kit? Kitsap County? Kitsap. Yeah, that, that is a peninsula, Kitsap County. I, I did a ride called the Kitsap Fall Color Classic, which was a like 60-mile ride. And I, yeah, I did it like in six hours. I didn't go very fast. So do you think you could work yourself up to the point where you could bike around Green Lake this summer? But it, Green Lake's flat, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. How long is it? Uh, I think it's basically like if you run around it... <laughs> I thought I remember it being like a couple miles. Oh, I could do that easy. If it's yeah. flat, it's super easy. Yeah. Um. But. But maybe do it like five times. Yeah. Just do circles. Yeah. I'll well, I would need a real bike for that. I'll be playing basketball, and you can just whiz by on the on the bike. Are there any fat dudes on your on your team or I, on anyone else's team? Oh, and for basketball? Yeah. Oh, there's always some fat dudes that play. They're that, tough to guard too, man. They just like all they got to do is just get in the right spot and then bam. There's actually a dude that plays that is uh bigger than you, for sure. Yeah. Well, taller and bigger? Same height, bigger. He's okay, probably so, like 330. Um So he's but so that means like his face looks super fat. There was one time when he uh 
he set a screen on me. I didn't. I actually didn't see him coming because he kind of was standing behind me at an angle, and I was backpedaling. Yeah. And I ran into him, and like I could feel my spine like crack a whole bunch. Like I, I basically got a nice <laughs> little chiropractic uh, adjustment there in the wrong direction. <laughs> was it like that? Yeah. Uh, was it like that? It's like an accordion. Remember that movie from the early two thousands with Ben Stiller where he's playing basketball and Oh, Meet the Fockers. Is that the right? one where like this? I think. He he. He runs oh, no, into no. this. It's a along came Polly. That's what it is with Jennifer Aniston. Or he runs into this big fat hairy guy, and yeah. all of the sweat just goes on his face. Oh, totally. Well, no, there's there is one dude that plays at our gym that we call him Hairy Arms Guy. Yeah, and he, you know, what he'll he'll wear like the sleeveless shirt, but he gets when he works up a sweat. It reminds me of of that exactly. I sweat a ton when I was. Uh, this is what's so sad. I'm talking about it like if it was ancient history, but it's really only been two, two years. I was two thirty two and a half years ago. Okay, that's not crazy. Okay, that's actually I changed my, I changed the locked photo on my phone to me when I was two thirty. Okay. <laughs> nice to give you a little motivation yeah either that or to just uh completely push me over the edge <laughs> and say screw it give me a pizza um yeah it's, it hasn't been that long but why we i would do these boxing workouts where at the end like every single bit of clothing i wore is soaked in sweat you could wring out socks underpants like everything yeah, was completely like the shoes. You would step. I would step down with the shoes, and the sweat would puddle up on top. Like if I had just stepped in a, like if it was raining and you stepped in a puddle. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty gross. Well, there's there's other ways that you can like lose weight besides just having to get on that bike too, because that's just one aspect of it. Well, I you know, know it's the the diet. Well, the diet's also an aspect of it, but there's like even things like. Uh, Cold showers? Mushrooms? No, no, no. Cold showers. Have you ever taken a cold shower, an ice cold shower before? Uh, well, yes. Yeah. And for how long? How long did you take it? Uh, for like a minute. This got to be like 10 minutes. On the coldest. 10 minutes? On the coldest On the coldest setting you can put on your, your uh, shower. So what you basically do is, uh, I think it's called a Scottish shower, where mm. what you start with like warm water, hot water. So take a normal shower. Yeah. And then after you kind of get heated up, you start gradually making the shower colder. Yeah. And then you kind of keep going and you keep going and you keep going and you start reaching the point where the water is cold. And uh, it's the way that I would compare it is like, say you're on like some hot beach in like Southern California or Hawaii or something. Yeah. And that, you know how they, you how they have like the cold showers on the beach. Right. Kind of feels like that. So it's like refreshing at first, but you go through uh, like 30 or 45 seconds of like, I mean, it's pretty much hell. Because you're basically shivering. Yeah, it's freezing. Yeah, but what happens is is you activate something called brown fat. So your body has two Mexican types. Mexican fat? <laughs> That's racist. No, there's two types <laughs> of fat, like white fat and brown fat. Oh, the white fat is a good one? Yeah. No, the white fat is the, ba- is the, is the bad one in this <laughs> oh, <okay>. case. <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. It actually is the, ba- the bad one. So like cold showers, they activate brown fat, which what happens is that generates heat for the body. And so it allows your body to burn calories to keep warm. That's so, the brown fat. That's the brown fat. See, so what happens makes, is, is it's working. No, you so you start. <clears throat> what what happens is is when you're standing in there, your body starts heating up. 
and you don't feel the cold anymore. You just feel like you're standing under running water that's, like, lukewarm. Yeah. And you can do that for, like, seven or eight minutes, but at the same time, you're activating brown fat. And when you are in, like, intense cold like that for that long, it, it can increase your brown fat up to, like, 15 times. And so that basically, it's it improves, like, blood circulation. It, it improves, like, oxygen uptake to your muscles. Yeah. So, like, if you're doing strength training and stuff, it's good for, like, muscle so wait, recovery. So I take, I, I, I'm in the shower. Yeah. I do my regular shower. And then I go hot. You start you start hot, yeah. Just to kind of make make sure you're comfortable. And also maybe you do your, like, shampooing and your, all your business. Yeah, you do your, you do the work. <laughs> you do, you get the work done, yeah. <laughs> and then... And then after that, when you're all done and you have nice, I don't know, n- nice warm water. Instead of taking 10 minutes to sing in the shower on the hot setting after you're all done with the work, you, you do a different kind of work. Yeah. And that's where you start making the uh, the shower a little bit colder. So gradual. Gradual. <clears throat> like well, over how long of a duration? For me, when I would do it, I would do it like, I would say probably like within 30 30 seconds to a minute, I've gone from lukewarm to uh, ice cold. Maybe a couple minutes. Like the last cold last cold setting can be kind of difficult. I mean, it, and you don't have to go all the way cold on the first one. Yeah. Like you could kind of in different times. Oh, do I'll it. go all the way cold. The, the reason why I started doing this was because I went on this golf trip to the Oregon coast where we played six rounds in four days. And I had paid for this thing in advance. It was like a $1,000 trip. Wow. And I had hurt my back diving on the turf in softball like probably six weeks earlier yeah and i was already committed to this trip and so i knew that i was going to have like a little bit of issues with my back you know when i was on this trip and so basically what i did in between the rounds because we would do one round the first day and then the next two days were two rounds a piece so we had a morning round and an evening round and then the final day was one round and uh, this was all walking. So this is Abandoned Dunes Golf Course. And it's like... Abandoned Dunes? It's, it's called Abandoned Dunes. Oh, it's okay. like a world-class... Uh, some world-class golf courses. Yeah. Uh, that are right on the Oregon coast. Like really beautiful scenery and stuff. And it's just a, a trek because there's just a lot of hills. And so I just knew it was going to be trouble. And each night and each morning, I did these cold showers. And it just it helped my back recover every single time. Hmm. I still... Didn't play as good as I could because golf is fucking hard. Yeah. Um, and But it wasn't because of my back that I that I played bad a couple rounds. It was because I'm not a professional golfer. Yeah. What's your handicap? Uh, my handicap right now is, I would say, between, uh, I would say between like a 12 and a 16. It's been as high. It's been as high as like an eight. So like I, I like I just played my first round last weekend. Uh, Sunday after uh, Easter, like Sunday, like it, uh, for like two and a half hours, I got in a round Where? in the evening at Echo Falls Golf Course in Snohomish. Oh, okay. Yeah. And just solo, just you? Just me. Yeah. And I went there and uh, I played my first round and that was 13 over par. So, hey. Yeah. That's I was just happy a bogey with that. a hole. It's a little, it's between a par and a bogey a hole. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was, uh, I was happy with that. But I played I played some high school golf so I can work my way around the golf course. But I know I'm not good enough to be a pro, and that that kind of makes me depressed because they make hella money. Indeed. <laughs> and it would be fun to compete in those things too. I would always worry about hitting a line drive like right off someone's face though, or you know hitting some like that they're so close. Yeah. With, yeah, I feel like with my luck, I would I would <laughs> I would try to hit one at the green, and then I would smash one over, 
And then I'd hit like the one person that just had hip surgery, right. like right on that hip. Because <laughs> like there was a time where, where I actually played in this charity golf tournament through work at Microsoft. And it was at uh, Bear Creek in Redmond, yeah. a private club. And one of the uh, one of the holes, like if you got a hole in one, you'd win like a lease on a car, like a really nice car. Um, it was like a Mercedes or something like that. Nice. It, it was really nice. And uh, it was like a 180-yard hole. And I just remember like, well, the one thing I don't want to be is short. I don't want to be short of the hole. So I yeah. took, I was like, I'll take a little bit more club just to make sure I at least have a chance of getting it there. And uh, there's a bunch of people kind of sitting on the hillside. There's like a little tent that's on the hillside where people are watching. And I stood over my ball, and I just had some, like, extra juice going through, through my body at the time. Yeah. That plus the extra club. Like it's, and I then tried, the pre-workout you did? Well, I was like, oh, and I'm going to take, like, a nice two-thirds swing and try to get, like, a nice little uh, solid contact. And I think I went a little past two-thirds, and I just juiced it, like, probably 50 yards over the hole and, like, right by their tent. Oh. Like, not far from their tent. So I didn't even come close to uh, getting that prize. <laughs> well, at least you did it. Yeah, at least you didn't knock anybody out. Yeah. I played golf in Phoenix um, years ago, and I hit two houses. Nice. Yeah, I've done that for sure. That's uh, Have you had anybody come out? And, did they come out and, be, and ask you to pay for it or anything? No. I had an old lady. I don't lady. think I caused damage. Yeah. I had an old lady come out at Redmond when I was playing at Redmond Ridge. Yeah. I snap hooked a, a shot, and it hit, like, right off her off her roof i'm pretty sure they were watching a movie it was just something like where it was quiet quiet like a nice dramatic moment and then i smashed the roof and she came out and she just yelled and it's like what, what are you she, supposed to say what did she yell oh she's like you hit my house oh geez like yeah you no need, kidding you live on a golf you course live on lady. A, yeah you live on a golf course exactly so if you break something you do have to you pay broke for my it. roof god damn it i'm like okay i didn't break your roof it's right there wait but if you had broken a window who, uh, who pays for that? I I don't yeah I don't I don't think you have to. It depends. I mean I guess it, it depends. I on would how, just run. Like if you hit a you won't catch me coppers. <laughs> well, I was playing Jackson Golf Course in high school because we used to play that golf course. Yeah, and uh, there's a I five runs along hole number three. Right. There's actually one street that runs along hole number three, and then I five runs behind it, and it was a par four where you're supposed to like lay up. <laughs> But you could also crush it down the hill, so yeah. they totally entice you. But there's kind of a lake on the right side of the green, so <laughs> right. if you, so you really have to hit like your driver accurate. Yeah. And I remember like well, I'm just gonna go for it, but I snap hooked it off the tee and just launched it, and I was like that might have gone on I five. So if that would have caused like a giant car pile oh, up, I don't know goodness. if that would have. I probably would have been liable for sure. <laughs> well, how are they gonna prove it's you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unless you put your name on your ball. Well, especially since we were sneaking on the golf course there anyway. And your phone number. Not like they had us paying. (laughs) No. (laughs) Did you watch the Masters? I I was able to watch the second half of the final round. I was at a buffet in Texas. Oh, were you? Yeah, we were just done setting up our uh, our booth for a conference. Nice. And I had a chance to go to the bar and uh, get a giant margarita and then then eat buffet for like three hours. (laughs) And Texas it was nice. Buffet. Yeah, well, it was a like it was like a breakfast lunch buffet, so yeah. I, I could start with some breakfast food, like just a ton, right? And then uh, they wheeled out the uh, the prime rib, and it was like, oh my goodness, I'm 
they realize I'm going to spend my whole day here, right? That's right. Especially since Tiger was only on hole like 11 or 12. Well, let's talk about this Tiger thing for a little bit. Sure. But before that, let's take a quick break for a sponsor. Perfect. We'll be right back. When I needed updated content for my small business website, I was worried because I didn't have a very large marketing budget. But then I found Carlos at CZ Media. He gave me a budget-friendly quote and delivered the high-quality content I was looking for. I would recommend you check him out. All of his information is in the show notes. And we're back. I was so excited watching Tiger. I saw the first round. Most of, I, I saw some of the first round. I'm like, okay, you know, he's hanging in there. He's hanging in there. Then I saw some of the second round, and whoo, like he had been, he's been cut so many times from Matt, from from. Uh, oh, not making the cut. Yeah, not after making the, the cut. Second day, yeah. So he made the cut, and that's all I was hoping for. It's like as soon as I learned that he made the cut, I just stopped paying attention, and and then I watched. Uh, a big part of the third round. And then, yeah, I just pretty much watched the whole fourth. It was so cool. I'm a huge Tiger fan still. Okay. You know, because when you think about it, he really didn't do anything that horrible to deserve. I mean, he just fucked up his own life. Well, yeah. And then, I mean, he, and then he got injured. It's yeah. like he didn't. He, he, You're right. He hurt himself and his family. But they... I, remembering all of the hatred that he got it's i mean it's it just didn't seem uh appropriate the level of hate that he got well i'm at the point where i definitely root for tiger i've always rooted for him because i think it's actually really good for the for the game of golf yeah i mean some of the uh I, i'm not sure if you saw the the picture of the guy that's walking around in the gallery with uh the mugshot of him when he was at yeah. his lowest no there was a dude yeah. who had it printed on his t-shirt. That's what I'm talking about. Did you? Yeah. yeah. So there was a video of Tiger laughing at it. Oh, was he? La- See, that's good. If he can laugh at that, that shows he's kind of in the right no, space. Yeah. He, he, it was in the fourth. It was in the, it was on Sunday. Cause at least I think it was on Sunday. Cause I think I remember seeing Tiger wear red, but yeah, he was, he was coming out or walking to a hole and there was a guy right in front that was wearing it. And then Tiger just looked at it and then he smiled and then he 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 kept on going. So they it just yeah, it just seems like it just seems like all of the hate he was getting and all of the negativity negativity, it would have seemed like if he had been a huge me too predator. So do you feel like you root for him more than because you don't yeah. think that all the hate is justified? I don't think way? it was. Okay. Um, but so what about from like a actual, like the golf aspect of it? Oh, well, like the history of it. Like he's, he's now chasing down Jack Nicholas's record for yeah. major wins. You know, he's as close as I'm going to get to a Michael Jordan type figure on. Yeah. He, he absolutely has been the Michael Jordan of that sport, but right. he's, whereas Michael was able to come back from baseball and still dominate. Yeah. Tiger is now having to show that he can come back from his kind of break in his career he and had, then have a but the good news is for him golf is one of those sports where you can actually become excellent at an older age. Yeah, I mean actually, he's still young. The, uh, the there was a, a guy that used to hit at the driving range when I played high school golf 
that was like a scratch golfer, which means like you're at the point where you can kind of compete for pro level. Yeah. You can get like a job as like a head professional at a golf course or you can actually try to compete. Right. And this guy was like had just started golfing at like age 40 and he was in his 50s or late 40s. And I was watching him hit golf shots just like like throwing darts out at the driving nice. range. Yeah, and he, and he just kind of, I remember him telling me, like, yeah, I didn't start this until I was, like, older. And, like, because the, there is a notion that, and it is true that, like, in golf especially, if you start at an early age, like when you're in first grade or something like that. Right. Um, you're developing muscle memory. And golf yeah, is, like, mechanics such. mechanics. And- the mechanics are a huge thing. Like, for me, I had to battle uh, a baseball swing, and I still do. And because a baseball swing is very different than a golf swing. So, like, actually hockey players or tennis players will some sometimes have an easier time, like, translating to golf than baseball players. I would kind of disagree with you a little bit. Well, b- baseball players will hit, like, an, kind of an outside-in swing, like, yeah. kind of a, a strong right shoulder, like, if you're right-handed. Yeah. And in golf, you want to come in from the inside. You want to have, like, a swooping motion, and you want to kind of swing from the inside to the out. Well, and you're baseball, talking there about position I'm talking, and- like, swing plane. Well, right, right, but not basic, not the basic biomechanics that your body's actually going through. Well, it, yeah. So in baseball, like you, you start with the bat elevated, right? And so you have your like shoulder up. Sure. And so the motion to swing is like when you're swinging yeah. an axe, when you swing an axe to chop wood, you're bringing your right shoulder if you're right handed. Sure. Well, and no, so I, I completely agree with you on that part. But what I'm saying is that what I'm actually on my what i'm thinking is a little bit more fundamental than that okay it's it's they're similar in that you have to be centered and you have to be balanced across that whole motion oh for sure so yeah. your knees your feet your knees your hips your shoulders and it's all kinetic energy as well have to be like and transferring you know what would legs. be super cool yeah if you would want to try this so Coach Trish, right? She's the, she's been on the show lots of times. She does a type of training called functional patterns. Okay. Where it's all biomechanics. Oh, cool. So her whole thing is being centered uh, feet, knees, hips, and shoulders, and how to turn. Because actually, because there are commonalities between throwing a punch a golf swing and a baseball swing of how you turn your body. Like not necessarily hand position, right? Because of course, especially how you like clear your hips, right? So it's how do you move your shoulders and where your hips are and how you move your torso to generate the power because you need to ultimately it's generating power from a centered balanced position. That's why having strong legs is so important too. So it would be cool if you trained with her at least a couple times, because what she'll teach you is she'll teach you how to identify the feeling of being centered. And even though I'm mega fat right now, I would have huge, my lower back would just get super stiff. If I was standing for more than 20, 30 minutes just really, really tightness in my lower back. And I trained with her a few times and she, you know, she analyzed how I walk and my posture and she, and I would tell her this and she's like, the reason your lower back is getting so tight is because you're hunched over, right? Your weight is your, your weight and hips are over your knee are further out 
than your knees. That's interesting because that actually happens to software people that work on computers all day. Even if they're not overweight, they'll yeah. have a tendency of leaning into the monitor, and yeah. then it creates it makes your hips stiff. Right, and then it can put pressure on your lower back. Yeah, yeah. So it uh, what so she's like she, she so what she said is when you're in this position and your lower back is getting tight, just stop and then say, okay, where's my shoulders? Where's my hips? And yeah, I was when that happened, I would be hunched over. So then I just fix it by putting my shoulders over my hips and that tightness goes away. And that is just like the tip of the iceberg as far as how to, uh, how to think and how to feel your biomechanics. And then if I were to actually get motivated and start training with her more, that then transitions to knowing how, that feels when you're punching or when you're hitting. And one of the coolest things that I've ever experienced was the in uh, I was in Mexico in October, last October, and my friend invited me to go play to go play golf. And I hadn't played 18 holes in years and years. But did you play in the before that? Uh, like the last time that I played semi consistently was, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. Okay. I, I played in a little bar league. Oh, nice. Uh, we would play what we would play every Wednesday, which, just an executive course. Which course, do you know? Interbay. Oh, nice. We would play Interbay. That's a nice little par three. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a nice little par three. So that's, I mean, we would just go and play and then go back to the bar and yeah. drink. And so it's been a long time since I played for real. So I'm like, holy cow, should I go? It's like, I wanted to go. So I did. So I played 18 holes without having even held a golf club in years. And I did really well. I didn't lose any balls. I hit my drives mostly straight. But I credit the fact that I took what she taught me of how to identify shoulders hips knees into proper mechanics so if i can identify an improvement and my swing is not refined at all like having you who you know you know your swing and then to have her teach you what it's really like to be balanced that would be an interesting test to see what then how, how that then uh yeah how that relates translate. to yeah to the to the thing well the 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 difficulty thing in golf is is maintaining consistency because yeah. you're repeating that same swing. So it's like you hit a shot and you're like, oh my goodness, I was just 180 yards away and I put it like three feet from from a tiny little hole. Yeah, how do you oh, do that again? Why can't I do that again? <laughs> oh, right. Can't. The next one, you hit a hosel rocket off of a squirrel's face, you know, like while it's, you know, in the bushes or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's that's the, I mean, to us who aren't, well, you're way, way better than me, but to those who aren't pro, that's where that consistency comes in is knowing really what your body feels like when it's centered and balanced. Well, the centered and balancing is really interesting. Like, you know, as you know, I play basketball and stuff. I was kind of going through like a tiny little slump with my shooting. And uh, a friend of mine noticed that what I was doing <clears throat> when I was jumping, I would jump first and I'd still be raising the ball up. And then I would shoot almost as like a, almost like a fragmented, uh, chain of events. Okay. Whereas instead having a nice kinetic balance of where 
you're bending your knees, you're jumping as you're bringing the ball up, and then you have a flick of the wrist like like Steph Curry or something like, like at that. at the top of the... Yeah, and it just made like a huge difference because I actually was able to have much better balance and flow within that motion. And you're right that every single sport has an element of balance and flow and motion yeah. and muscle memory. Right. One of the... Uh, when it comes to baseball, Trish has shared a video of... Who was it? The was it Bo Jackson who was outfield and then ran and basically ran on the, the wall? That was Bo Jackson. Yeah. So that is a really the people who study and practice functional patterns use that as an example of what it means to be centered because they if you watch that at slow motion, his hips does they are straight to his shoulders, so that's why he's able to keep that energy going up. And then plus the fact that he was just incredibly strong, right? But to be able to do that, if you go and you look at how he's positioned, he doesn't lose his plane. And they want to train people on how to first identify that plane, <laughs> to like to know how it feels to be on plane, and then keep it in your regular life. Right, right. So it's pretty, I think you really should. I think you yeah, really that's should. Yeah, that's interesting. You should at least chat with her. Anything to improve the golf game. I mean, golfers will try anything. Have you seen? Uh, have you seen Tin Cup? That's like no. a classic one. Yeah, I've where, never seen it. Where uh, the uh, Renu, uh, what's her name, Renee Russo? Ren yeah, she goes to Kevin Costner's driving range to learn golf to get taught golf. Right, and she brings with her just some crazy stuff, like just all <laughs> these things bouncing from her head that are connecting to these these uh, poles and strings that are coming off her arms. Just oh, like there's crazy. so many. Yeah, there, there's a, that's kind of like a, a nice little joke on what's, if you walk into a golf shop, there's all different kinds of. Aids. Uh, and Well, there, you know, there's one thing that I bought when I was trying to find actually tempo. It, it's called the orange whip. Yeah. And it's like this, it looks like a golf club, but on the end is like this uh, orange ball. Right. That's weighted. But on the other end of the grip, the other side of it, there's like a counterweight. And so it's like a really whippy, yeah. kind of club and so when you swing it it forces you to not over swing but to swing at the right tempo to keep that yeah ball in line yeah my friends i'd have that in my bag you're not supposed to actually technically have any training aids on a golf course <laughs> and so like <laughs> but you're playing just like weekend rounds of golf who cares right yeah well and hopefully who cares my, i played this yeah i played with this one guy <laughs> who would be so well you can serious play, you can pay you can pay like you know five dollars ten dollars and, and play matches with your buddies and get it serious but there are people that when they play, they're like, golf is life, man. Like, yeah. they're spending a lot of money on their hobby. I don't so, like that. Yeah. I like to have I One time I played with the dude who took it mega, mega serious, and I was cheating. I, uh -oh. was, I was teeing up my fairway shot. <laughs> <laughs> but what does he care? I mean, it's your round. You're only cheating yourself, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, when he saw me. Like I had been doing it the whole the whole round, and I think he I didn't get caught to like the sixteen. Was he was he afraid the golf gods were gonna like put a curse on your group? Yeah. Okay. He oh he he was he he just couldn't lighten up this guy, but he saw me bend over, and then he must have just seen me stick the tee into the <laughs> ground, and then he and he had hit it I don't know twenty yards ahead of me, and then he just screamed. He's like, "Are you teeing that up?" I said no, <laughs> but I I did, and he got so mad. Well, he actually yeah. he threw his club and did it. He just picked up his ball 
and didn't finish the hole. And I finished the hole and we played and he was just he was in the car already waiting to go to the next hole. That's how so pissed he kept, off that but he, he got. kept playing with you guys. Yeah, he kept. So on. he didn't take a score for that hole because he was so mad at you yeah. for just teeing up a fairway right. shot. Yeah. Well, he obviously doesn't care about his golf score if he's not taking a score. He probably just wrote down, "I got a birdie" because this guy fucked with my head. It's like I didn't care. Like if, I don't even. If this guy wouldn't have been here, I totally would have birdied it. He ruined my flow. When I play, <laughs> I don't even keep my own score, which is probably a bad well, thing. Well, that's kind of like that's what you're supposed to do in golf. Eh. Though. I just go to have fun. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Like I, I mean, I'm not, like I go if I don't lose uh, five balls, then I'm happy. Yeah. And if I don't spend 15 minutes looking for a ball, I can find it relatively easy and I can keep up. That's a win for have me. Have you ever played night golf? Once. See, we used to, uh, me and some friends, we used to uh, sneak into the Seattle Golf Club by the Highlands and Shoreline. Yeah. And, uh, we would play with these golf balls called the tracer ball. Right. And so what those are is when you hit them, the, uh, there's like a strobe light in them. There's like a red okay. like LED strobe and it, it looks like a beacon. Right. And so you smash that thing and then you, you can find it like in the bushes cause it's like this bright red light, but then you they, need to play on a course that's been properly maintained. Oh no, that, that course is like, it's tens of thousands of dollars to play there oh, okay. for a uh, membership. It's actually attached to the Highlands, which is like where there's like all these giant mansions and stuff that are mm. big houses. Um, yeah, it's yeah. Just because if of, you're playing on a little rinky dick course, that yeah, that is not a rinky dink course. <laughs> that they don't cut the, they don't keep it, keep it up. Then that's a course where we had uh, like guard dogs chasing us. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's where you like. All right, time to leave. You could hear them coming right. though. <laughs> release the hounds <laughs> those kids are back yeah. yeah i should we should go play we used to also uh go down to the driving range with pillowcases and fill up the pillowcases with golf balls and then go hit them in the ocean which is fun wow that's uh a waste, eco, a waste. De- you're an eco terrorist yeah i guess so what if one of these golf? what if one of these turtles eats one of these golf balls they're not gonna eat a golf ball i mean you might plug it in a in a blowhole of a whale what if you did that yeah that'd be awesome i mean didn't that happen on seinfeld it did. With, with kramer kramer did and then george had told his the person he was dating that he was a marine biologist <laughs> nice <laughs> that's so funny no we should go we should go play uh well the season's just starting well not i don't want to play 18 because like we said i'm mega fat well let's uh how about i was talking about green lake earlier because i know we're gonna go play basketball at some of the pickups there yeah uh so it'd be outside yeah is that where you play no i've never i've never played out Uh, well i've never played there i I play outdoors also oh okay yeah but i just haven't played green lake right uh but they also have that little golf course so we could hit well, that up. Jackson Jefferson is right down the street. Yeah, Jefferson is. That's where Fred Couples learned to play. It's hard. It's I tough, played Jefferson once. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, that one's kind of like under the same ownership as West Seattle and yeah, Jackson. Public courses. Those are all like really old courses. Actually, those <clears> courses <throat> are so old that they start with a uh, par five, like a long, easy par five. Yeah. Jackson's been under repair since then. But uh, the old school golf courses would start you with like a long par five that uh, or maybe not a long par five, just a par five that was fairly easy. Yeah. Like one of the easier holes on the course, because back in the day, they didn't really have this concept for going to a driving range to hit a bucket of balls before. 
yeah. or like practicing. Yeah. You know, they had like the putting greens and chipping greens and stuff, but they used to think of that first hole as like almost like your warm up into the round. Right. So they kind of made it easy <laughs> on you. Now, when you go to newer courses, you step up on the first tee and you're butt tight from the very beginning because you're Uh-oh. like, oh my God, there's a pond right there. There's a, a couple bunkers over there. Mm. Yeah. So it's. I it's, should show you the pictures of the course I played in Mexico. Yeah. It was, uh, what's her name? Loren. Did you see any? Uh, Loren Ochoa. Do you see any? Oh, really? Okay. So she's probably one of the most famous female golfers. Yeah. She, this is, that's her course. Oh, cool. So uh, you probably it, didn't see any baby coyotes, some pups. No, it's a beautiful course. I saw those in Palm Right Springs. along the ocean. Oh, really? Oh, that's nice. Th- Super those, nice. Was it pretty windy when you played? Because it usually is. No, all- it wasn't, which really? was part of the problem because it, we our tea time was at 8.30, and by 8.45, it was 97 degrees. Oh, nice. No, not nice. No, man, I like <laughs> I love go- I love golfing in the heat, man. Cause we- I was wearing a – I was wearing a – Shirt like yours. Oh, so a collared long sleeve, sleeve with the jean shorts. Uh oh, not the jorts. Jean shorts. <laughs> oh and uh, I thought that the marshal was good. Actually, the the guy who I went with, he, he's like, man, he's like, if if there's people here, the marshal is going to tell you you can't you can't wear that. The, but luckily, uh, what the shorts? Yeah, yeah. They have a strict dress code. Yeah. Oh, tell me about it in Hawaii. I got I got worn because I took my shirt off when I was golfing on the. And Maui at yeah, the no one wants Blue to see your, your man. No, there was nobody around. Boots. That's the thing. Nobody was golfing. And it was like, come on, just this hole. I'm going to take my shirt off. I don't want this crazy farmer's tan. And then, uh, and then of course, like 30 seconds after I take my shirt off, the, the one ranger comes over the hill. He's like, put that no, no public nudity. I'm like, I, I just paid $180 to golf here. And which is why other people paid $180 there was, to not see. There was Mai Tais in the... Uh, in the golf cart, were like there in the in the refrigerator, and it was like that was okay. That was a good touch. I'll give it to you for one hundred eighty dollars. At least that was a nice little touch. No, I, I, I. So the first, the front nine, I was exhausted. I was so tired, and and granted, I didn't even tell you. I'm playing with seventy year old guys. Nice, and. For about the lat for about whole seven, eight, and nine, I'm contemplating waiting for them in the clubhouse. Why? Because I was sl- I was tired. Were they? Oh, you were tired. Okay, I, I wasn't <laughs> sure if they were playing slow. No, or, no, no, no. Okay. They, I. That's why I was exhausted because they had a normal pace of play, and I was struggling to keep up. <laughs> Did you have like the right amount of uh, water and alcohol? Because you have to make sure you. We did. Yeah, I even I even ate some energy bars because that's how I did the hundred and twenty degree round in Palm Springs. No, we did. I we were drinking beers, but we also had a lot of water, and I was drinking. I I had I did have a snack, and I was just exhausted. Dude, you need more than a snack, man. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh, it's like I'm just gonna wait for them in the clubhouse, and then we got to we we finished the front nine, and I'm like, you know what, if I wait for them in the clubhouse. I'm never going to let this down. They are going to make fun of me forever that a well, couple it, 70 year old guys just who, wait, who's going to make fun of you? Everybody. Oh, I was going to say, you don't have to worry about the 70 year old guys for very long. Cause no. they're 70. <laughs> you <laughs> no. know what I mean? Like if you're worried about them saying they're going to live forever and <laughs> oh. they would have, uh, oh, really? I, I would have, 
I would have been mega disappointed in myself. And, um, yeah. So I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta dig deep and finish this back nine. It was one of the hardest things that I've done. Did you, you were in a cart though, right? Yeah. Okay. But since I don't hit balls, we were remotely close where I want them to. I wasn't in the cart for that long. Walk into the, yeah. And, uh, but then the back nine, I don't know what happened. Maybe I drank a beer more than I did in the front nine, but I just found my stride. Oh, it's called aiming fluid. Is that? What it yeah, because like once you have the right amount of alcohol, well, because it's you, like you got to get loosey goosey. It's, it's well, it, imagine a bell curve. Yeah. Okay. That imagine that for aiming fluid with alcohol. So. Maybe one or two, you're starting to, you know, okay. Yeah. But maybe once you get to like three, <laughs> maybe that's the top of the bell curve where you're like still able to function, but you're kind of you're losing some inhibitions a little bit. Yeah. But it quickly goes downhill after that. So you got to be careful. You don't, oh, yeah. you, you, you know, like uh, if somebody Although, brings a, a fifth of Crown Royal oh. into the cart, you, you've really got to work. But to, the good thing with yeah. golfing in that hot, of weather is that you sweat it out so easy. So it does require constant. Uh, well, the water, re- right. Repl- or the booze. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying you need to have water. Yeah. So for me, but you yeah. sweat out the booze. You, yeah. You sweat out some of it. You're still going to, you're still going to get a hangover. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's just the water. It's that's, that's the main, that's the main aspect of it. You just need to make sure you're hydrated. Yeah. You're peeing a lot too. So you're just, you know, there's not a lot of bathrooms on golf courses. So I hope- finished that. I finished the whole round and I was soaked in sweat. The jeans were completely soaked in sweat. Luckily, <laughs> I knew that this was going to happen. So I took a change. Carlos, of did you just get out of the hot tub? Almost. Oh, no, I just got. No, it really looked like if I had just jumped into the pool. Yeah. <laughs> everything was soaked and uh, I had to change afterwards. But that back nine, man, that I thought for sure that I was going to take that. I was going to uh, parlay that feeling of doing great on the par nine to going and playing now, but it's been months and I haven't gone. I have these brand new tailor-made clubs that have only been used maybe once or twice. Okay, nice. So we should go hit at least do the uh, uh, do a driving range, do the Jefferson driving range. Jefferson. Yeah, because it's close to here. Oh, for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's close for you. Isn't it's it? only just a hop across the lake. That's yeah, not bad. That's not too bad. Do they have a range at Jefferson? Yeah, they do. Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah. So, but all this hinges on me losing. Losing weight. Losing weight. Well, because you're, I you're start, on day one right now. I want to so. start boxing again. Uh, but it's just so it's just so tough dude it's just got to become a way of life if you can just make it part of your daily routine where you just maybe maybe you make like one change each day like subtle changes i think the first thing i'm going to do is not drink as much well you want to drink water no i'm kidding no yeah you're talking about alcohol yeah yeah and then maybe cut down on the carbs a little bit well the, the usually what i do with the alcohol is like like my reward, like after I play basketball, like I know I'm sore and all that stuff, but I'm like, I like being able to be like, oh, I'm going to go home and have like a couple shots of tequila. Yeah. Like that's my reward after I, after I do my 
my workout or right. play basketball. See, I, and I don't so, even think my re- I don't even think alcohol would be my reward. I think it would be eating. It would be what? Eating. Eating? Eating some, reward? Something food. Well, then related. what's he, I mean, alcohol's got to have some kind of reward for you or else you wouldn't do it. Right? No, but I wouldn't reward myself with alcohol. I would reward myself with something. Like so, that. when are you going to drink the alcohol before you go work out? <laughs> well, if you stick with vodka. <laughs> oh, because of uh, the, the dude from Rocky, right? I'm sure he drank vodka. Ivan Drago? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, no, because if you, if, because I'm shooting here for a low carb. Low carb, okay. Like, if I had the, <clears throat> if I had the full motivation, which I don't. I would do the keto. Right, right. Yeah, the the that's the the mostly fat diet. Yeah. Where you actually have to limit the amount of protein you can even take or else it can throw you out of ketosis. No, so, you want to be in ketosis. No, but that's what I mean. You want to be in ketosis, but even if you have oh, too I much protein, saying. it can actually take you out of ketosis. Yeah. So, so but if, if I do that, then I'm going to have to buy the keto strips to really know if you're in ketosis or not. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work. I mean, the people that I've seen that are that are on the ketogenic diet, I've yeah. seen some people that have like drastic results. It works. Drastic results, almost to the point where it's like too much. Maybe. Like I've seen I've seen some people drop heavy amount of pounds. So it could actually be really effective in like dropping the weight pretty yeah. quickly, which would be good for you, right? Well, well, no, because then it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable, but if you can change your daily patterns. Like you don't have to be in ketosis the whole time. The thing is, is when you build up more muscle than fat, it your body has to burn more calories to maintain muscle than it does fat. Correct. So the more that you're building muscle and burning fat, the easier it's going to be for you to maintain that. Yeah. So well, it's but the hard, still it's, even even then the reason I don't just jump right into doing a keto diet is because I won't keep it up. I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't want to do it. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to have to stop eating protein. You know what I mean? But I, mean, it, I think, but th- that. It's pretty high of a number, though. It's a high. Well, I mean, I liked eating a lot of protein, though. <laughs> it, it's still like for you for for the ketosis to be messed up by a high amount of protein. We'd have to look it up per body, like what your weight is and how much it would actually be. Because you're just, right. It could, overall, it's just more work. And I know that I'm not going to keep it up. So I'm easing into this. Like I did 30 minutes on the bike. It was painful, but I did it. And then I did a, a little bit of a fast, only drink coffee and water. And then uh, I think I'm just going to start with decreasing overall, d- uh, cutting carbs as much as possible while so still having, while if, still enjoying myself. If you do have carbs, though, like you, sh- you can you can have complex carbohydrates, stuff like potatoes, where there's actually like really good. Yeah, like uh, sweet potatoes. And, like potatoes are great for yeah. you. So, but, I mean, the main thing is, is having those either before or after a workout because you want to have glycogen in your muscles yeah. uh, for your workout. And then you also need to be able to replenish those when they're used in yeah. your workout. They'll help your muscles recover. Or white rice. Yeah, well, white, uh, white rice is definitely a carbohydrate for sure. Brown rice has like a fiber to it. Some the fiber uh, aspect. The I read that. What's uh, what is minute rice called? Minute rice? You mean like the box rice? Yeah, I'm not sure what it's called. I know what you're talking what, about what that process is. I read that that actually has a that is lower on the glycemic index because it's gone through a certain processing. Oh, really? And they 
the, it's it's almost like boiling it where it takes the starch out of it. Oh, okay. Like they do something to the rice in the processing of it that actually doesn't make it as high on the glycemic level than regular than regular rice. Interesting. So, so that way you don't have to eat brown rice. That way you yeah. Although I like brown rice. Brown rice is one of those like tricky things where if it's been like sitting out too long, it can get like brown, can, hard. Can get hard. Right? I like that. You like that? You like cracking your teeth on little yeah, rice pellets? I like the little the uh, the extra texture that you get because this is what i'm gonna do <laughs> might as well just you like grape nuts didn't you as a kid i did <laughs> that cereal heated though okay although that he didn't like eating it. like a bowl full of pebbles or yeah like mush oatmeal i was a oh, big oatmeal fan so this is ideally this is what i want to do because this is what's worked for me in the past when i was when i was uh in when i was 230 the last time i was 230 I would eat breakfast. I would make eggs, like five or six eggs with the yolks, and then throw a bag or a can of tuna into the egg. So basically I would make a tuna omelet. And that's it. Just pour hot sauce on it and then just eat that. And then for lunch, I would cook a pound of ground turkey just just cook it and they have these uncle ben pouches of rice where you can just put them in the microwave for two minutes i would take half of that pouch and put it into the ground turkey and then just eat that with hot sauce <laughs> and then basically repeat it for dinner too or have chicken I like how for you dinner put the hot sauce on there yeah like i'd I would, for those types of things, I would rather have hot sauce than ketchup or barbecue. I would almost always rather have hot sauce than ketchup. Yeah. So that's... Except for on a hamburger. If I can stick with that, if I can do that three to four days per week, I think I can have some pretty quick, drastic results. And then once I get more comfortable, once I drop some weight then I'll be more inclined to go back to the boxing gym and actually start boxing again. And then the burning calorie floodgates are going to be open. So I figure it's going to, if I really wanted to, I can lose those 70 pounds in six months. Wow. That would be more than a, wait, wow. Yeah, that's quite a bit. That's like more than a pound a day, right? That's like, yeah, 10 pounds a month. Okay. A little more than 10 pounds a month. 10 pounds a month. That's right. My bad. (laughs) I could do that. So. 10 pounds a month is a lot, though. So this is a, so if I, if I started now, yeah, by November, I could be, yeah, I could be like 280 by summer and then by, by October, be basically this year i could be at 230 235 if i you got to start today and then keep on it that's the problem like i'm gonna go to a horror convention this weekend and although i do i'm gonna walk a ton but we're gonna drink a ton horror right not whore (laughs) okay i just want to make sure i heard that right (laughs) no you heard right whore (laughs) Got horrors from around the world. Nice, a horror convention. So horror convention. Yeah, what are you gonna what are you gonna see there? 
uh, just our friends and horror. I, I'm going to make it a point to see as many short film festivals because they have a few of them. Uh, I, I love horror movie festivals. They're fun. And then maybe a, a, a feature length movie here and there. And, and where, are you, where are you going for this? It's in SeaTac. It's at the Lion. What's that hotel? No, it's at the Hilton. The Hilton. Nice. In SeaTac. And there's a bunch of, uh, there's a lot of the horror celebrities that are going to be there. But it's kind of weird because most of them charge you between 50 and 60 bucks to get an autograph or a picture or like 20 bucks for a picture. Like none, they don't do anything for free anymore. It's like, I don't want to pay 20 bucks to take a picture with somebody. Although that's where I met these dudes where I met Derek Mears, the dude who played Jason in the new movie. And, uh, this other guy who played Michael Myers, like that's where I met all these people. I don't think there's going to be anyone there this year that I absolutely need to do. Although I'll tell you what I'm on the lookout for. A George Romero autograph. I don't know who that is. You don't? No. He was. I don't the, know. I'm not really uh, that attuned to the. He was a filmmaker. He was a filmmaker out of Pittsburgh, and in the '60s, he made Night of the Living Dead. Okay. And he died last year. Uh, he passed away. Uh, and he was supposed to have attended this horror convention last year, and he canceled. And then, like a few weeks later, they said that he had he had died. So I really wanted George Romero autograph. And then uh, there's a bunch of panels of like the baddest women in horror and how horror, how like the most haunted places in the Pacific Northwest. They have lots of panels where these experts talk about all of these things. They have one. They have a panel this weekend called How to Start Podcasting. Oh, yeah. Are you going to that? <laughs> no, it'll be a waste of time. But yeah. I could totally like, be on that panel. You should be on it. I, I could totally do it. Because <clears throat> uh, I should actually see who is on the panel and then listen to their shows and see how it sounds. Like, my show sounds better than you. I got actually invited when I was at the uh, convention in, in Texas. There was a uh, a guy that's doing, like, a podcast for the software that we're selling, basically. Did he? For that type of uh Time and billing, business intelligence, boring type so stuff. So his whole show is about that? It's about that, yeah, for lawyers. I looked it up just to, I was curious. He's like, he has, he was bragging about having like 500 episodes or something, but each one was like six or eight minutes long. Yeah. There's only so much uh, law firm software that you can probably take in one sitting <laughs> and he knows it. Well, that's like, a, that's something that as a creator, you sort of debate. Like, what do you want? Do you want short? and sweet or do you want something a little bit more long for long form and like i sometimes i struggle with it because i want these shows to be easily digestible which means that they would need to be short but most of the time i just end up having such to me interesting conversations that i i don't want to miss out on that yeah and I like i'm okay the with it too. being longer I think for something like that as well, like if you have like, I'm going to touch on this topic for like five or six minutes. Sure. Well, because it's more it's, educational. It, yeah, like right, if I was right. doing, if I was doing like some sort of how to, or even if I were to make a YouTube video on how to do this, I would want it to be short and sweet. 
just get right to the point. Yeah, because like, you, no, you don't want your listener or your uh, your viewer to get kind of like, oh, this is a super long thing. They're not really yeah. getting to the point. And you're not if if you're doing that, you're not really conveying any sort of you know any sort of profound thought, or you don't you're, you're not really looking to explain to really explain a point of view. It's pretty cut and dry that you're showing features or talking about process, right? Which is which a six to seven minute show seems uh, appropriate. Uh, I listened to this podcast called Writers, something about writer. I forget exactly what it's called, but they're five minutes. And all they do is they talk about a concept of writing for five minutes. And there's like three or four of them. There's like how to develop a, uh, a character or how to formulate a, it, they're pretty much how to's. But they're su- it's super short. And I listen to a whole bunch of them. But I think that overall I get more enjoyment out of the really long ones. Like today I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast with Joe Graham Hancock, uh, Michael Schumer. Oh, he was – wait, is this an older one? It's or? an older one. Yeah, right, Michael Shermer, right. Shermer. He, he's, a, he's actually a skeptic. Yeah. And so they kind of have uh, some back and forth. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. they, they debated quite uh, – live. they had a lively debate. And also um, Carlson. Randall? Randall Carlson. That's, Randall Carlson. That's, that's a guy that he looks at landscapes from, like, a aerial view. Right. And he, he'll see, like – he'll look at, like, a, a large landscape and see, like, some patterns of tearing. Right. That are happening at very large scales, which would indicate that, like, glaciers once went through there. Yeah. And that was he, one of the right. things that he debated heavily with this other guy. Right. With this. Uh, sure. Michael Shermer. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, this particular podcast, Shermer brought on somebody else. Oh, his Skype buddy. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was a pretty. So that was three and a half hours. And I was working. I was doing some editing and uh, working on a couple of websites. But I listened to the whole thing. And that I just got more out of that than. That's actually one of my favorite Joe Rogan episodes. Yeah. They need to do another yeah. one of all of those four. He, of he those also guys. has had just Michael Shermer on. As well, yeah. And so it's interesting to hear Joe Rogan talk to Michael Shermer. He was annoying. <clears throat> he, he was a lot more annoying in that podcast when he was arguing against Graham. Yeah. But when you actually hear him, he's like he seems like a uh, like an open minded skeptic in a way. Like he's not completely not on that closed. show. He did not on that show. He didn't. But when I when I heard him with Joe Rogan with just Michael Shermer, he yeah. seemed a little bit more like willing to kind of listen to other people. Right. But when he was in a debate with Graham, uh, you know, that, well, that was a different thing. Graham was bringing up facts or, I don't know, yeah, he was bringing up facts and, okay, okay, facts might be too strong of the word. He was bringing up credible evidence. Right. And Shermer would just say, the like to everything, he would just say, most geologists or most arche- most archaeologists disagree with you. Yeah, he's there to defend an opinion he already he, has. All he yeah. that's all he never said. He never uh, referred to another piece of data, or he never referred to anything else. It was always most don't, most don't believe you. Right, and he was kind of talking down to him a lot too, because he would say you guys, and like he like he would say you people who come up with alternative alternative. Uh, archaeology or alternative history. It was like, that's was sort of uh, uh, petty almost. Well, it's like, dude, you're, you're yeah. saying these things that are all a matter of fact, but you're really not saying anything. 
Right, right, right. So they, but but overall, it was an interesting thing to do. So I I like the I like the longer form uh, better. But well, there is room for Graham Hancock to make a lot of these arguments and present these ideas based on some of the archaeological things that we found. They've actually had him on the, on Ancient Aliens before, but he's there representing like we don't know how this was made according to the, to the way that we've been told yeah. in the the history books. Um, but one thing that we do know is that sea level has risen over the last 10,000 years. And one of the things that he talks about is that a lot of these past civilizations um, would currently, because a, a lot of civilizations exist on the coast, along the water. Right. And so a lot of past civilizations could be underneath a lot of the oceans right yeah, now. Yeah, because that's so, why we don't know. And that's, that's one reason why we don't know. And he talks about some scuba diving expeditions that they've gone on where you can actually kind of look at some structures that have uh, some three-dimensional shape that looks like it's not natural, like that type of stuff. And so it leads to the idea that there's there's some uh, past civilizations that that have been advanced enough to have uh, irrigation or streets and things like that um, that date back more years than what the history books kind of give it credit for. So that's yeah. basically what Graham argues. And it's such an interesting topic overall. It's just I find it I do find it super interesting. Well, I have the I have his uh, uh, some of his books, so you can borrow if you want, or was, you can get your eBooks. I was gonna get them on Audible. Yeah, I want I wish Audible. I think he reads sponsor his, this. I think he reads his own books. Too, he does, which is important. Which one should I get first? Oh, the oh. newest one because he does. Uh, I have ma- Magicians of the Gods. Yeah, no, the new one. The I'm gonna get the new one. Yeah, I haven't I haven't checked that out. He was in Seattle recently. Oh, nice. He was in Seattle on April thirtieth. Okay. Yeah, he actually likes Washington State. He likes the the West Coast just yeah. because of the uh, the the attitude of the people. Kind yeah. of suits him a little bit more. But he's a uh, you know he's he's the type of person that he's not afraid to back down from people. No, he's, not at all. He ha- he had one of his TED talks pulled down. Right. Which is because uh, he. You know, he talked about some controversial things, but you can still search it. It's still up there. And there was, uh, I believe, and I could be wrong, but one of the big reasons they took that TED Talk down was because he suggested that he suggested that there was a meteor land that a meteor had hit somewhere in the Arctic, right, or somewhere, yeah, and then. You know, when they found that Greenland crater. Oh, that was recent that they found it. Yeah, yeah right. That sort exactly. Of validated. But him. he also talks about some controversial things about drugs. Oh, yeah. And con- and like he, he, he likes talk- the drugs. Well, he like he likes talking about how alcohol is kind of used as a distraction, mm-hmm. um, whereas um, like marijuana is demonized because it actually allows people to think inwardly and to actually question things yeah. a little bit more. Whereas alcohol is more. Like, think about where you see alcohol advertised for. It's bars, social events, NFL games, sporting events, whereas marijuana is more like kind of people do it privately. I mean, there you don't see very many people at a uh, at a Mariner game just token up. You know, like, a lot, I remember a lot of people thought that you'd go to uh, Mariner games and there'd just be people smoking weed everywhere. Yeah. And you just don't really see that. Well, they sort of do. They do in spots, but... They vape like crazy. Yeah, but they're not. I would say they're not always vaping marijuana, though. It smells like it. Well, I would say uh, every time we go out, but when you vape marijuana, you're not necessarily even smelling marijuana. 
Well, it smells like some like pineapple or something. Mm. Yeah, like they. Uh, how does marijuana fit into fat loss? How does it fit into fat loss? Should I smoke well, weed? Because uh, no, so, probably not. Because it'll get me hungry. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, no. Uh, the one aspect of it where it can help also is CBD. Do you know what that is? Yeah, I've taken that. Uh, like, what do you think of it? I haven't. I haven't. I don't taken think I it. took it consistently enough to really know. Stuff is expensive. Right, it's expensive, but I've heard some people uh, swear by it lowering like inflammation. Like they had a whole bunch of swelling in their knee, and then they yeah. they took CBD. I made a and list. Then it went down. Speaking of inflammation, I made a list the other day of inflammation reducing foods. Oh, like, nice! Like broccoli, cinnamon. cinnamon is one. Cinnamon, broccoli, uh, turmeric. Oh, turmeric. Turmeric. Um, yeah, that's like salmon. Cur- you got to get the curcumin. <clears throat> like the one thing about turmeric. You want to make sure that it has like the five percent black pepper because it won't absorb without that. Yeah, there's um, I think does does what I have have I have some. I'll show it to you after the show. I have something that has a lot of like chlorella. Oh, cholera? No, that's a disease. <laughs> I'm no, like, what like are you getting cholera? cholera? I'll show it to you, but it's supposedly similar to all that stuff. I just didn't take the CBD long enough to really feel anything. And since I'm not active, I can't really tell if I'm having less inflammation because I'm not really doing anything that is causing that would cause the inflammation to get worse. Mm. So maybe now that I'm actually going to be more active, you know, the cold showers will help with the inflammation. Yeah. And And, and it's free. And I mean, it's actually save money. Like booze is horrible for inflammation. Yeah, it depends on which one you take. I mean, I think uh, for me personally, like if I drink two shots of tequila after basketball versus two beers, I feel a lot more shitty if I have the two beers than if I take the two shots of tequila. Yeah, the other day when we went out, I thought, I mean, I'm just going to pace myself and then just drink beer. And, oh, I felt horrible afterwards. Takes up a lot of space, man, and it's carbonated. I felt so sloshy. Like I would just wiggle and I would, I felt like there was a 55 gallon drum in my stomach, just sloshing liquid around. And then, and you went from feeling sloshy to feeling sloshed. Yeah. Well, no, I stopped after two and then I went to my trusty vodka tonics and I felt way better. Oh, you went beer then liquor. Yeah. But it was only two. It was only two beers. It does nothing. Yeah. Considering I can drink a whole ton of beer, but the, the, the vodka tonic made me feel happy. Nice. <laughs> okay, Travis. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on. We had a great conversation. I think I'm going to Photoshop our face onto something golf related. Okay. We spent a perfect with uh, maybe golf with like a shaman who's giving us ayahuasca. You're oh, going uh, to Photoshop all that? May I might. Are you going to uh, ask your buddy about the mushrooms? Well, like I said, man, I don't necessarily have a good contact for that. <laughs> but I can ask her. I can I can ask around at the basketball court. If anyone yeah. can get us mushrooms, send me a message. <laughs> I want some mushrooms. Yeah, no, like I was saying, just look it up on the internet and go hunt in the woods, and then oh, report back. Well, I guess that would be an active thing to do. Go on a hike. Yeah, you you get to solve two problems with one stone. But don't you gotta like. Uh, do something to it. You just can't eat them. Well, the guy that was uh, on Joe Rogan's podcast, the mushroom guy, have you seen his podcast? Is, is he the uh, the vice guy? I forgot the guy's name, but he had a hat that was made of mushrooms. Did he? 
Yeah, and there's a Netflix special that talks about the history of mushrooms. That's also really interesting, how it's completely oh. different than plants. It's actually more closely like related to animals and plants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but uh, this, oh, his name's Paul Stamets. That's his name. If you want to YouTube uh, the Joe Rogan podcast with him. Okay, and he, he talks about mushrooms? He talks about a story in that podcast where he was at the University of Washington, <clears throat> kind of down by the Ave at some point, or at some part down by the Ave, and like he found like a whole ton of like magic mushrooms that were growing and there was like cops around or something like that, like that didn't even notice. And a whole bunch of people that didn't notice. And he, I remember he, like, he basically said that he was looking around, like, like, you know, he found like the mother load and like, he's the only one that noticed. So this dude is like able to go around and, and basically like, Are they still there? I doubt it. He talked about like that this was back in like the seventies or eighties oh, or see. something. So someone planted these there. No, because the they were uh, naturally. Yeah, mushrooms grow naturally on like it was probably dog shit. Somebody walking their dogs. Huh. Yeah, mu- these mushrooms grow on. I think it's yeah, just feces. Mm, I thought right. it was cow feces, for, but it can't this be. It's got to be more than other than my. Uh, I could be completely wrong with that. I, my desire to try mushrooms has not gone down from you saying that. Oh, if you knew that it was grown out of. Yeah. Turds. <laughs> Everything grows out of charts. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, uh, it's that's one of those where yeah, if you we gotta it, try it. Give it a shot. I gotta try it. All right. Well, thank you, sir. All right, man. I want to remind everyone to subscribe, like, share, donate. Click that donate button. Uh go to Teespring. It's in the notes, it's in the show notes for my line of merch. I have that new shirt with that cool logo, with that cool uh, graphic, yep. graphic design. Get that. Uh, follow our sponsor, CZ Media, which is me. I take pictures, make videos, manage social media accounts. And Rancho Bravo Tacos, they're delicious. They have a location in Capitol Hill and in Wallingford. Yeah, maybe some mushrooms and then some some tacos. Put that on the tacos. Yeah. Put your hot sauce on well, there. Well, we probably shouldn't. Uh, combine the two intermingle then yeah he might not appreciate that yeah maybe don't put it on tacos (laughs) actually i don't think mushrooms would go any kind of mushroom would go well on a taco would it it would yeah a little sauteed mushroom a fajita like you can have mushrooms and some fajitas but a fajita is not a taco though is it well you could you know you turn your fajitas into tacos so what, what, at what point does a fajita or does a fajita not become a taco when you put the meat and vegetables in the tortilla Okay. If you just eat it just like that, then you're just eating. I'm realizing they're awfully close. Yeah. A soft taco and a fajita. But all right. Yeah. (laughs) Next show. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll be back.